When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Eight two, Blue Jays leading the Phillies. That is in the uh, eighth. Charlie Montoyo fired as the Blue Jays manager today. And a big focus here on free agency in the NHL. Johnny Goudreau going to the Columbus Blue Jackets. That is a big one. And uh, the Oilers keep Kane. They keep Kulak. And they add goaltender Jack Campbell. Ken Holland, uh, happy to have Brett Kulak staying on for four years. You know, obviously our scouts and our people, uh, you know, made a decision at the deadline last year to pay a second-round pick for for Brett. He thought he came in and did everything we could have hoped and more. Um, you know, what's Brett, Brett, I think, is 27, 28 years old. He's really, in my mind, again, that's the sort of the prime, you know, other than the, the phenoms that, that are that are really good at 21, 22, 23, you know, that 25, 26, 27-year-old year is when you're, they, they pop. And I thought that, uh, you know, he came in, did everything we wanted him to. He's a free skater. He's an easy skater. Uh, I think he's a good defender. Um, he's a he's a very good person. He's in the gym every day. Um, he, was, he was very respected in the locker room. Room. Um, and again, he's he's 27 years of age. Um, you know, you know. I think, you know, the cap's 82.5. Next year's going to be 83.5 and 84.5. At some point in time, you know, once the, the, the cap's going to start to move at a little bit more than one million dollars a year. So, um, you know, it's hard to find defensemen. And I think that, uh, you know, Brett can play in the third pair, anchor a third pair. He's obviously going to get an opportunity to play in the second pair now. Um, um, so, uh, you know, he was a big, he was important to get back. I mean, it's, again, it's hard to find, you know, you think at the end of the year, Duncan Keith retiring, if you lose Brett Kulak, it would have been a big hold. So certainly I'm, I'm, I'm very happy today to, 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 that, that, that Brett's back. All right, that is a little bit there from Ken Holland as he spoke this afternoon at Rogers Place. Get more on Oilers Free Agency on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. More uh, tomorrow on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer from noon to 2. I will not have inside sports tomorrow night because there is a football game. The Edmonton Elks trying to bounce back from that blowout loss to the Calgary Stampeders. They take on Montreal. Dave Campbell is in Montreal. And I got to start with the, I hope people, well, I hope people do laugh at this, but in a good way. I got to start with the food situation because the Barbie barn tragically no longer exists, Dave. <sighs> Can we have a moment of silence, please? <laughs> okay, that's enough. Uh, now, was yeah. it a pan- I know it shut down during the pandemic. Was it because of the pandemic, or did the owners sort of run out of steam, or you know what I mean? It's hard to say because, you know, there's – there. let me tell you. I've been coming here for a long, long time. Haven't been here in three years. Last time I was here was the 2019 East semifinal, and – Walking around yesterday with Morley and I were walking around and we found St. Catherine Street. And at one point we were like, 
are we on St. Catherine Street? It has changed so much. There's been oh, really? quite a few businesses that have closed down and haven't come back. And I think that is pandemic related. So is the Barbie barn pandemic related? I, I don't know. Every time we we went and uh, had uh, had our favorite uh, jumbo combo, chicken and ribs, it was always busy there. So I'm not sure why they closed. I'm just sad that they did close. Now I know there is another location somewhere in Montreal, but it's it'd be quite the effort to get there. So uh, we've uh, stuck to smoke meat sandwiches uh, two days in a row, which isn't uh, totally horrible either. But uh, yeah, Montreal has definitely felt the pandemic and and the negative effects of it business-wise, but I'll tell you, they've done a lot of work to spruce up uh, a lot of areas of the city. St. Catherine Street is almost unrecognizable compared to uh, when it was last year. It is really, really nice. All right. Uh, obviously, uh, Montreal was the center of the hockey world last week with the the draft and the first overall pick and then the trade for uh, for Kirby Doc. Uh, free agency today. I know, obviously, you were watching primarily what the Oilers did. What stood out for you, buddy? Well... <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I looked at my phone when I woke up this morning here in Montreal and, and saw the Evander Kane signing. I, I had to read it a few times, you know, get my my uh, my my bleary eyes all focused and wondering, okay, am I reading this right? Yeah, I'm. I was very impressed with that, and very impressed with the Brett Kulak signing. And I'll get to Jack Campbell in a moment, but Ken Holland obviously left both kind of. You know, the way Vander Kane sounded today was more like not really test the market, but kind of just think about what just occurred with the season and give it a little bit extra thought. But, you know, Ken Holland was betting on himself and betting on his own team in this in this scenario as well. Evander Kane realizes the situation he's in. He realizes the window he's in. He's never going to play with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl if he leaves. And he's got four years now to try and help this team win the Stanley Cup and Brett Kulak, same thing. And then to the Jack Campbell signing, uh, I love it. You know, and I know there's people that are saying, well, he doesn't always give you spectacular uh, outings in net. I don't think he has to give you spectacular outings every single night. I think if we go back to that one analytic uh, goals saved above expectation, which is basically if you just make the saves that you're supposed to make, you're, you're probably going to do fine. I think that's Jack Campbell. He's going to have some nights where he's going to win games, and every starting goaltender has to win a handful of games during the season. But I think he's very steady. I think he'll give you very good starts. And if he plays, you know, what is it, 50, 55 games, and Stuart Skinner plays the rest, that's a great scenario. So to me, I think it's it's just for Ken Holland is retaining a, an important couple of assets uh, up front in Kane and on your back end with Kulak, who is just a – unbelievable defensive defenseman he makes every decision uh correctly it seems like and you know what he when he has to play tough he can play tough and the jack campbell signing is uh is a very good one in my view and you know ken holland said he's not done yet so i want to see what else he's gonna what else he is going to do and he's got his own free agents to sign as well yeah and should mention if if because uh, there was some speculation about it and if people missed me mention this earlier connor brown and he was linked to the Oilers. he winds up getting traded to the washington capitals by the ottawa senators but uh yeah, that was a little tough yeah yeah all right so here we go uh with the elks L- let's start with taylor cordelius so is this the first game he's even active for and he's jumping right in to be the starting quarterback correct game six and he's gonna dress and he's gonna start so that's kind of how dire the situation now is is at quarterback. And if I say that in a bit of a negative tone, I 
I don't necessarily mean it to sound it that way, but um, I'll just say this out of training camp. He was the fourth best quarterback out of four, uh, you know, out of training camp. You know, I thought Nick Arbuckle was the best. I thought Trey Ford and Kyle Oxley were pretty close. And I thought Taylor Cornelius wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't in that conversation as far as, you know, a quarterback that did good things in training camp, you know, had a good, good couple series in Winnipeg, but was awful in the start against the Stan Peters and in that final preseason game. And, you know, we'll see, you know, whoever I talk to about Taylor Cornelius, they say so many good things about him that he's tall. He's, he's got a big arm. I mean, today, Chris Jones says he's probably got a stronger arm than Mike Riley had. Um, and that he's able to move very, very well. But the problem is, is that he makes that, he makes that one or two decisions a game where you're like, what were you thinking? Especially when the game's on the line in the fourth quarter. And how many times did we see that last year where he, you know, the game was in his hand and he gave the game away basically. And that's kind of the book on Taylor Cornelius. So the coaching staff didn't try to trade Taylor Cornelius in the off season. They did try to trade Nick Arbuckle at times in the off season, but they kept Nick and they gave him the chance to start and gave him, a lot of opportunity and there's people that are saying well nick garbuckle didn't get the opportunity to, to show himself yeah he did and if he had eight touchdowns and two interceptions we'd be having a much different conversation about nick garbuckle but that's not what happened so this is an opportunity for taylor cornelius i want to see what he can do with it and to see if he can actually learn from his mistakes last year and manage the game better than he did last year i'm very curious to see this well, yeah, and, and, a, and a tough spot here for the Elks. What are they up to here injured list-wise? Uh, they have 13 players now on the six-game injured list. On the six-game? 13. 13 players. Now, there's a few that could come off. Uh, for example, Niles Morgan and Deron Carter both practice this week. This is their final stint on the six-game, so they could potentially be eligible for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at home next week. But, yeah, 13 players on the six-game a lot of them are starters. The good news about Trey Ford is it's only the one game, uh, so with the shoulder injury. But I would expect we're not going to see him before the bye week. Maybe we see him in Vancouver on uh, August sixth. Okay, so look, the 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 Elks are coming off a, a really tough loss. We know that the East Division uh, has not been good. The Alouettes did beat. Uh, did beat Saskatchewan, but then went into Regina and and lost. And then mm-hmm. they they changed coaches. And this, you know, Danny Machocha is back on the on the bench. I mean, you've known Machocha a long time. How do you look at this Montreal situation and the changes that have been made here? Yeah, well, you know, there are people who are going to say that Danny Machocha was angling for this job and he was kind of scheming his way towards the job. And I think if he wanted the job. Reed, I think he would have had the job a long time ago. He chose to keep Kahari Jones after the 2019 season. Of course, we didn't have a 2020 season, but in 2021, he gave he gave Kahari Jones a chance. They were six and four at one point, and then only won one game for the rest of the year. And in fact, in the last nine games, they have only won twice, and that includes the playoff game uh, last year. So, I think Danny Machocha did give Kahari Jones. Uh, some rope here. I don't like the fact that it seems that Danny won out as far as philosophy on the quarterback is concerned because he does prefer Trevor Harris over Vernon Adams, who Kari Jones prefers over Trevor Harris. And it seems like Danny won out on that one. That's the part I don't really like in some respects, but it's just, that's not, neither here nor there. They have discipline issues. 
and that concerned Danny Matiocha. So, you know, he's the GM too. So he decided I'm going to just go on the sidelines and I'm going to I'm going to be the administrator, and I'm also going to have the GM hat on and just kind of observe what it's like on the sidelines. You know, during the game situation. Then he brings in Noel Thorpe, who we know very well here in Edmonton. Uh, as a defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach, uh, Baron Miles was let go along with uh, Kahari Jones. So we'll see. You know, I, I don't think Danny Machocha wants to be the head coach long term. Uh, I believe he said he'll finish out this season, but he's going to look for a head coach in 2023. I got a name I'll drop right now, Jason Moss. I think that's a very good possibility if Jason Moss would want the job. So, uh, you know, I, I think Danny Machocha sees we have new ownership. We are trying to be relevant in the marketplace and we need to find a way to win games at home, especially in win games period. So I don't know how this is going to work out. I'll tell you, I know Danny Machocha does not have a good reputation in Edmonton. I can tell you it's in reverse in Montreal. He is loved and uh, did some good things with the University of Montreal Caravan, lost to the 2019 Vanier Cup. And um, after that became the GM of the Montreal Alouettes. This is a dream job for him, but it's a job that he takes seriously. So we'll see. We'll see what uh, the effect will be. Anthony Calvillo is going to be the play caller, but not the offensive coordinator. They're going to run without an OC, which is going to be interesting. But, you know, Trevor Harris was saying today, it's it's one, it's cool to be coached by a legend in Calvillo. And two, it's an offense that I have worked with before uh, in Toronto with Scott Milanovic because it's an offshoot of what Mark Tressman brought in and that's what Anthony Calvillo is going to be uh, operating under as well. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, they were 2-7 and seven in their last nine games and that's a real concern for Danny Machocha. So Kahari Jones had enough chances to turn this around and he just didn't. Uh, how many return touchdowns have the Elks allowed this year? At least two I can think of. The missed field uh, goal. Okay, so the missed field goal against Calgary and the kickoff against Hamilton. But yeah. there have been a couple long returns that have hurt, and we're not getting them. Well, how is our return game overall? We haven't been close to a touchdown. Well, non-existent, really. And, you know, the one thing with <laughs> the new good, rules eh? is, yeah, that good. <laughs> the, you know, the one thing, we're, we don't see it very often at times because I think around the league the punts are down. And that could be because the, the, there is more offense, there is more scoring, there's more longer offensive drives, and plus the kick return rules have been changed a little bit with the, well, dramatic change. Now, every no yards penalty is a 15-yarder, so uh, that that kind of keeps for, uh, cover units honest. But, yeah, you know, they're still trying to find the, the, the right returner in the formula. You know, Charles Nelson has been the returner for the last three games. He'll be the returner again tomorrow. But uh, they're not getting any traction out of, the, out of the special teams at all. All right. Well, um, yeah, we'll see. Like I said, there, there's a clear, as there often has been, early this season, it might be more pronounced than in, in other years, a, a clear divide between the quality of play in the uh, West and the East. I mean, Toronto's yep. first place in the East, they're one and two. Montreal's second, they're one and three. Both yeah. Ottawa and Hamilton are 0 and 4. That's the crazy thing. If the Elks were in the East, they'd be vying for first place tomorrow. Um, well, and so. I can if, if I offer a bit of solace about tomorrow's game and a little optimism, the Elks do have a two-game win streak against the East Division, dating back to last year. That's a good <laughs> so, point. They, they won in so Toronto late in the, the the middle <laughs> game of the three in a week, and they uh, and they beat Hamilton on the dramatic fumble return. But a couple. If of weeks I ago. if I could just say if I could just say quickly though, Reed. I, I feel for Chris Jones now. He's in the business of personnel. He's a GM along with the head coach. But every single week, especially on that defense, 
there's always someone new on there. And a lot of it is injuries. A lot of it is Chris Jones has a short fuse as far as patients go. I mean, it's going to be another middle linebacker, Trey Watson, who did play four games for the Alouettes and then was released because he had a tiff with some of the coaching staff and Danny Machocha let him go. And he was signed the very next day by Chris Jones. But tomorrow you're going to see four different faces now they've been they've played before this season for the Elks, but there's going to be four changes and five if you include Jalen Collins playing at another position. He's going to move from boundary corner to field corner on the wide side. So it's tough. I mean, you're trying to find a group to ride with, so you don't have to make so many changes. And the injuries and the poor play uh, hasn't really helped. So you know, Chris Jones is trying to find the right formula here. All right. Dave, thanks for checking in. Enjoy the rest of your evening in Montreal. I look forward to listening to you guys uh, tomorrow. I'll probably uh, have you in one year while I'm watching the, the Billy Moore's Cup at the Downtown Community Arena. Thanks, man. Thanks, Reed. Great job with the free agency coverage, too, man. Good job. Thank you very much. That is uh, Dave Campbell, the producer of this show and our Elks analyst here on 630 Chat. Edmonton at Montreal tomorrow, 4 o'clock for the countdown to kick off in the game at 530. Back in a couple of minutes. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, that is the Nuge who has a good goal, uh, a new goalie, I should say, Jack Campbell, hopefully going to be a good goalie as well as uh, day one of free agency in the NHL. Most of the moves, of course, happen today. We'll see what uh, filters in in the days and possibly even weeks to come. Uh, I had some uh, good calls tonight. I know a lot of you writing in as well. I, I do appreciate all the messages, regardless of how you choose to communicate. We obviously can't get all of them on air, especially on a on a busier feedback day like today. But Kellen's going to uh, rattle off a few more here. I will try, definitely. Uh, Peter and Ray- Wainwright uh, texts in and says Edmonton used to have to overplay or oh sorry overpay players to get them. Now guys want to play there. Oilers will go to the Cup final in the next three years at least once. It will be the Avs and Oilers in the conference final again, and that's this Avs fans' way too early predictions. Also, he figures Kadri will resign tomorrow with. Colorado and JT Comfer will be moved out of Colorado. Very interesting. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I always like hearing from Peter. What else? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lokesh uh, te- texts in and says, Hey, Reed, you've answered why Johnny Hockey left because he didn't perform against the Oilers and maybe they didn't want the pressure in this market uh, to perform after a big contract. And maybe Daryl Souther was a, t- uh, a tough coach. You never know. Thank you. Yeah, well, I, I think Sutter is a is a, is a tough coach. Um, not everybody who's played for him over the years has been a fan. I don't, I don't know if that's Goudreau's case, but uh, yeah, I mean, he hasn't been for everybody that he's coached over the years. Mm-hmm. James texts in and says, Reed, 10 years ago, players didn't want to come to the Oilers because of our minus 45 degrees Celsius winters. Now they want to come to the Oilers to play with the best player in the, the NHL and a two-time 50-goal score. That's from James. And hey, at least it's a dry cold during the winter. It's not really a wet cold, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a, you know, I, I, this has always been a discussion. And I've been, this is, I've done nine seasons of, of hockey. Um, and yeah, I, I know... Well, Edmonton this, Edmonton's not Manhattan. It gets cold in Edmonton. And that might still drive some players away. I, you know, like I said, everybody has their own reason, lifestyle, family, money, all those kinds of things. But I, I do think if a team has a chance to win, that makes that city and that market that much more appealing. And uh, sure, you could have talked about uh, cold weather, 
you know, doesn't have the options in New York or Chicago, might whatever. But the bottom line is that the team was pretty lousy for a lot of those times too. So why would a free agent take a long look at it necessarily? All right, thanks for all your feedback tonight. We'll talk more on Friday. Football game in this time slot tomorrow. Countdown to kickoff is four. Game at 5:30. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy is your studio producer. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to two tomorrow. My name is Reed. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.